ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão de culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. I'm Keaton Parks. Listen to the Benfica podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Law Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo. Here we are on the eve of the start of the league. With me tonight, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, how are you doing, man? It seems that every time I, I speak to you, the world has changed a little bit. Yes, and, and unfortunately, it hasn't changed for the better. So let's hope next week when we speak, it'll, you know, Things have will have turned around, and we'll be speaking on much happier terms. But once again, as we've been here for the last couple of months, uh, trying to distract our minds from uh, the reality of the COVID, now we have other um, other aspects of life that are really uh, affecting us on a daily basis that we have to deal with. So let's let's get to talk a little bit about Benfica. Let's distract our minds from what's going on in the world today, and and hopefully the rest of you guys that are listening to us do the same. Yeah. Also with uh, me and and somebody who might be getting uh, some maybe some room in his house for me soon if the these situations don't improve, uh, Dave De Oliveira, he's up in uh, Greater Toronto area. What's happening? We'll consider you an essential worker. We'll get you across the border. No worries. We can uh, consider the Benfica podcast essential service to the people. And uh, yeah, the world will change next week again because Benfica is coming back uh, this Thursday. So. Next podcast, the world will be changed and uh, for the better, hopefully. Yeah. Tonight for episode 366, we have a special guest. He is the co-founder of Playmaker 10. He is a teacher, a husband, and he's also the father of CJ Santos. And uh, if you guys follow the, the podcast, you know who CJ is. A friend of the podcast, we're, we're huge supporters of CJ. CJ is currently featuring for both Benfica B and the U23 team at the Seychelles. And we're very uh, uh, happy uh, to welcome Carlos Santos. How are you? Hi, how are you? How, how's everybody doing? Happy to be here with you guys. Great. I'm afraid you're doing them a disservice like you do David D. Oliveira. This is Dos <laughs> Santos. Dos Santos. Adush, adush, adush. Great. Um, really, we, we really... Uh, I've been looking forward to to uh, Carlos's uh, appearance here on a podcast. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, uh, you guys all know that we we were supporters of of, of CJ, of, of Keaton Parks, any American uh, or Luzo Chendent that goes over to Benfica. We always uh, we always support him uh, in every way. So I'm happy that Carlos here. We're happy that Carlos here, and we're going to get to talk to. Uh, Carlos, a, a little bit about uh, not only uh, CJ's upbringing, but also his, uh, his role in CJ's upbringing and, and CJ becoming a professional. Um, but uh, with that, we also have a Luis Fuifiera interview that we'll talk about. And we have the Tondela game, which is the, the restart of the league as Benfica opens up the league again. Uh, or again, restarts the league on Thursday against Sundela at an empty Stadio Luz. Um, so let's let's start real quick uh, with with you, Carlos. And uh, obviously, um, let's let's get the the, the playmaker uh, uh, aspect of of you. 
uh, out of the way. Talk to us about what is Playmaker 10? Well, Playmaker 10 actually started here with, with you know, our, our, my boy over here, Cristiano. We had, a, we had a, um, a, um, a project that we were doing together and we're still doing together because we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're helping kids out um, that don't have space um, in North America, specifically in, in the United States. In a, in a, in a, and, and we're talking about kids from, uh, for example, I have a kid that's going over to sign for Prado up in, uh, up in north of Portugal. Uh, I have one that, that, that's at Verzin. Um, I had a couple in the fifth division, a couple in the fourth division. They're just kids that um, in the United States that have gone through the process of, uh, of uh, you know, let's say New York Red Bull, Philadelphia Union Academies, NYCFC, not NYCFC, but all the academies and uh, PDA, so on and so forth. Um, and we have a couple of kids from, uh, from Dallas, a couple of kids uh, from D.C., the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area that uh, either have played with C.J. or have heard about his, his – um, his trek into into professional football and you know and they have the talent and um, there's no space for them here because of the limited options that we have here at the professional level uh, just basically MLS uh, it, you know once you you finish you know your 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 um, development around 17 18 years old you don't have many options it's either go to college or you know, get lost in the whole real life uh, sense of what, you know, uh, America is as far as, you know, from a working perspective. And these kids have been bred to be professionals. These kids would be, would be starting their careers in Europe at 18. And instead, their careers are literally over because the way we think about soccer, the way I think about soccer as a kid that came to this country at 11 years old, you know, I was kind of bred because we, we didn't have any other um, option to go to college. I went to college. I went to Temple University. I played, I played at Temple University, and so on and so forth. Uh, I did have an opportunity to go to Porto when I was around 19 years old. The old man, um, our, you know, I guess it would be our enemy uh, as Benfiquistas. Uh, Pinta Costa came to the, to, to the United States and actually played for Porto at the time. Porto being um, Porto uh, uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, in oh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. In Philadelphia. Uh, because that's where that's where I'm from, and uh, and um, the old man liked me, and wanted to take me to Portugal. And my father said no. He's studying in the United States. He you know he's not going to give up that to go to Portugal, and you're going to put him in a third, fourth division team and let him work his way up. And there's no guarantees. And uh, there, my my whole dream ended. Um, how do you put that dream? in front of these kids that are going through these academies and have uh, a lot of talent. And then you take it away from them at 18. And, and then again, at 21, 22, when they graduate from, 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 uh, from college, these kids are being bred as like CJ. I mean, CJ comes from a family uh, of educators and we're all about education, but you know, you can't feed something to a kid. And then at 18, say you can't have it, especially when he has the passion for it. Um, I lit that fire, for example. Now I have to sort of, you know, guide them through that. And what ends up here ends up here. And Cristiano and I and a couple of other people have been working for around a year um, uh, opening doors for kids is that 
um, they come to me because they, they've seen that I've done it with CJ and, um, and I didn't know what to do for them. I mean, I did it for my son because he was my son and I worked hard to open doors. That's why I know a little bit too much about what Benfica really is like because I've worked in the background um, with people inside and people who work with people inside. So how do, you, how do you work with kids to open those doors? I mean, I know how to do it, but it takes time. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of patience, and so on and so forth. So what we ended up, you know, these great men, some of them up in North Jersey, like Chris here, some of them here in the, in the Philadelphia area, um, some, some people in Portugal. Um, and through the network, um, we decided to create a company uh, and we named it Playmaker 10 that we could, um, in essence, um, you know, use the network that CJ has opened and create a, pro, uh, a process that we call the Portuguese process. And if you guys want to know a little bit more about it, you can, you can get that information on uh, Playmaker10.com. Uh, we created a process of all different tiers, of tier one to tier five. And what ends up happening here is that, you know, we look at uh, football more of in a worldly way than an American way. Uh, here you have two options. You, you go to college at the different tiers, right? Or you continue your trek in MLS or you play for a club. What we've done is we've, we've created five tiers like CJ at 16 years old was tier one. Why? Because he was a U.S. national team player. Uh, he was with the Philadelphia Union Academy. He had a pedigree and a, and a, and a CV, a, a resume, right? Uh, but you can have a kid that's 11 years old and still be a, a, a tier one, for example. Like we had a kid going to Benfica to do trials now and, and also at Braga uh, from the Philadelphia area. And this kid has, you know, tier one pedigree. Uh, the COVID thing kind of put that on hold, but that kid is a tier one. Uh, Keaton, for example, was not a tier one. Keaton became a tier one, but he went to Portugal as like a tier five, uh, which is a kid that goes to Portugal at 17, 18 years old, plays juniors, for example, for him at Verzim, right? Uh, goes through juniors, then goes to the, to the Equipe V, then signs a contract with Verzim, and two or three years later, uh, gets sold to Benfica and becomes a tier one. So a tier one is not necessarily... You don't have to go in as a tier one. What you want to do is you want to work towards a tier one. So we could start you off at tier five and bring you up. And tier five would be playing like we have a kid at tier five, for example, that's playing at Schwarzend in the, in the juniors. The kid has tier one potential, but nobody knows who he is. So what we do is we put him in that situation in order for him to work his way up. So in essence, that's what Playmaker is. Playmaker is, you know, we say like, you know, when you get my emails, for example, it says, you know, Playmaker 10, the 10 is not dead because the 10 is kind of dead. You know, people don't have, like, Benfica doesn't have a 10, right. if you really think about it, right? Uh, oh, stop. Tarapta is not a 10. Tarapta is an 8, 6, 10. You know, they're multifunctional, right? So um, I had an argument, you know, like a debate on Twitter with Cristiano this week about, about Pablito Aymar, because I consider Pablito probably the most talented. Benfica player of all time, raw talent, he was a number 10. And I'm a fan of that type of player. So we called it Playmaker 10 to kind of honor, you know, the Platinis, the Maradonas, the, 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 the Pelés, the Eusebius. The classic 10s. 
Exactly. That classic number all 10. Day is. Yeah. 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 Rui Costa, which is my man's over here's idol. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh Carlos just uh, I wanted to 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 get back to the to the beginning and and obviously as a as a parent and and CJ is is the, your oldest uh kid, right? Your oldest No, 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 no. He's my I have two. He's my he's the youngest one. Okay. He's the, daughter. Yeah. Okay. So, um CJ obviously being a a boy uh and with you having the experience that you've had playing uh certainly the dream was to ha also have him play the game so he was probably from a very early age he was probably kicking the ball around uh yeah. at what point uh did you realize that there was some potential here with CJ oh i mean this is kind of cliche But, you know, because every parent, you know, dodes over their, their kid, right? You look at their kid. Uh, Cristiano knows me extremely well, you know, from the last couple of years. And it started out with the, with the interview here uh, on this podcast. And then from there on, you know, we've become friends. And uh, I, I'm, I'm extremely honest and, and, and forthright. And, you know, like, so I, I'm kind of a unique parent. Like, I don't, I don't look at my kid and go, oh, you know. You know, I want my kid to fall. I want my kid to bleed, you know? Um, no, I, it, it, this is cliche, but, but it's true, man. I, 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 the day he was born and, you know, especially when he became right before he started walking around and everything, when you're throwing, when you're throwing, um, um, you're that type of parent and you're throwing a, a tennis ball at your kid and, and your kid knows what to do with it at like nine months old, you, you go, okay. And then I have a video over here um, at home that I have that I'm throwing stuff at him, balls at him, and, and he's reacting to it really well at like a year old, a year and a half. And I know he has my DNA. So, you know, six foot four, six foot five, very quick within a box. I'm a, you know, I was always a good, like, uh, for being this tall, you know, meter 94, meter 95. I was a really good futsal, or not a futsal. At a you, you guys played that the, the the indoor game with the little hard Every, ball. Right? Yeah, right. right? <laughs> I was I was really good at that game as a goalkeeper, uh, being so big. So I and my father was a goalkeeper also. So he, I, I knew he was going to have some type of thing if he was going to be my kid. At least you hope, right? But it, it's it started early on, and 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 since you know, especially the goalkeeper position, because. What I've realized, and I'm not going to mention any names here, and Cristiano knows this because we talk a lot and, uh, and, uh, and I've confided in him a lot in the last year or so, even coaches at the biggest level, and if you guys want me to mention names, I, I will mention names because I, 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 I really don't care. That'll be on our Patreon channel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Save the name for people pay. We have coaches in America at the highest level, at the U-20 level, guys from close to your hometown, that's one of the biggest names in your area that know, know absolutely nothing about, about the goalkeeper position. I believe that. I said it on your podcast. I said it here. And, and, and that's, it's kind of normal, you know? Um, it, it, you know, Cristiano being a number nine or a number 10, when you're playing the field, you don't, you don't really pay attention to the psychology back there. So you, you're not really worried about that. So um, 
So, you know, and I can go to coaches in Portugal, you know, coaches at the highest level. That's why you have goalkeeper coaches because those guys know a bit about the position, right? And know the psychology and know the mindset. Um, so you, I could see it from, an, uh, you know, an early on, you could see it. And anybody who knows the goalkeeper position can see a kid from, you know, you know, here we put the fattest kid and the least athletic kid. The, <laughs> mo the, most, the most athletic player on the field at Benfica is Vlaco. Is Vilar. Yeah, but Carlos, one thing that many people listening right now, and people that do, obviously, I've heard of CJ and do know CJ pretty well because of what he's done at Benfica, and, and he's been talked about so much here on the podcast, and, and rightfully so with the U.S. national team and newspapers, every, you know, he's, he's gotten his own share of coverage. But the one thing that many people do not know about him is that you might have recognized that talent at a very young age, but CJ was very close to taking another path because he was, if not better, he was just equally as good of a baseball player. He was a better baseball player. He was a better baseball player. He was very close to taking a different journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the kid was throwing um, nasty stuff at 11, 12 years old because his fingers, he's, he, um, there's a coach here in, in, uh, near, near my neighborhood here. Um, I give him all the credit. His pitching coach, um, Coach Schneider, and uh, taught him how to manipulate the ball without you know, turning his arm in a certain way and hurting his arm. And at an early age, he's throwing everything over the top and manipulating it with his hands. He's watching YouTube. I mean, the kid, the kid is dedicated to the craft, no matter what it is. It could be writing. It could be, it could be, it could be, um, it could be, it could be, you know, football. It could be anything. He's dedicated to his craft. And, and I think, and the other day he did a, he did, you know, he, he did an interview on IG with, uh, with um, uh, with the guys down in Benfica soccer schools in Washington, right? Mm -hmm. And even Cristiano here mentioned to me how how much he feels like he's grown in the last couple of years. He's worked on it. He's worked on it. The first time he was on with you guys, he, he did a really good job. He was 16 years old. Yeah. He did a really good job with you guys. Um, and you see the growth, and that's because he works on it. You know, he works on it, and he's all about it. He lives it. He breathes it. And... and the determination part of it is something that can't be taught. So he has, and part of that, of course, comes from DNA, comes from mom and dad, you know, but we all have that determination being, you know, our parents and everything being, being immigrants and so on and so forth. So I can't say that that's unique. I think one of the problems that parents um, have here in the United States, especially immigrant parents, and I see it in our community a lot, is that we spoil our kids and then our kids don't work as hard as we do because we want to facilitate everything for them. Man, we didn't do that in this house, you know? Yeah. Um, we were, we pushed them. So, so, you know, um, you know, one of the things he, he has said about, especially about me with soccer is, you know, when he signed that contract, the first contract he signed when he was 16 with Benfica, he said, you know, Dad, thanks for making me cry all those times. And when I train him, I never, you know, and I always train him with, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a goalkeeper trainer. So whenever I train him, I always train him at 9, 10, 11 years old. I was training him with 14, 15, and 16. And I wouldn't take it easy on him. I wouldn't just, like, roll the ball and I would hit it straight at his face. Yeah. And he, he would have to react. But so you had him playing a different position, though. Uh, he was a number 10, Chris. You know that. 
I, I know that, but I'm mentioning it so you could tell the people that are listening. They don't know that because you obviously do through, due, due to, I should say, the journey and the process that you've gone through, right, as a parent in the United States of America, getting your kid over to the next level, which is going to Portugal, which is everyone's dream, right? Yeah. Um, you are a voice that a lot of people will want to listen to. So a lot of people will be listening to this. Not a it, no, no, but not just that. But they want to, people will be listening because they want to know, you know, how how was that process? How did you plan this? Did you know, was this something that you planned from an early stage? Did you just wait to see if your kid had the talent? Talk us through that process because the parents that are listening to this, that, that, that have kids that have some type of time, they're going to be looking and listening to this podcast as something that they could possibly, you know, pick and choose some things to maybe get their kids to the next level. So I know your kid played as a, a field player as opposed to a goalkeeper, but people listening don't know that. So take us yeah. through that journey. What did you do as a parent to make sure that your kid was going to be ready to, 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 you know, to that, for that next level when it, when it was time to make the jump? Uh, I mean, from an early age, I asked him what he wanted to do, you know, and he said, you know, he wanted to be a professional. So I, I told him, I said, listen, if you want to be a professional, let's do it. But, you know, no, no hold bars. You, you're going to have you, you're going to cry. You're, you're, you're going to be tired. You, you're going to be, you know, like, you're going to get frustrated. You're not going to have time to be a, a regular teenager, you know? Uh, even though we tried really hard to to to, to give him normalcy, but um, did I have any expectations? I mean, I don't know, Chris. I mean, I, I you know, parenting, and you have two now. Parenting is is so complex, and I had it's like, and the the other thing too, I was his coach, so or his assistant coach, so. I had to be a parent off the field, but then I had to be a coach on the field. And sometimes those things, those, those mixes don't work for certain people. Like for example, it didn't work for my daughter. I mean, I frustrated my daughter, you know, um, uh, my daughter played, she was a really, really good basketball player and could have been better, but she couldn't take her dad coaching her. Um, it was different, you know, uh, for the kid, it, for the boy, it turned out to be different by I don't know if it was sheer luck, but a lot of things have to come together. And part of those things are, you know, like I said, his determination, his willingness, his love for the game. Um, because if you don't have those things, you can have the, all the talent you want. If you don't have the discipline, you're not gonna go anywhere. So when I recognized that he had the discipline, um, we did set forth to, to it wasn't about, uh, playing was not about having friends. If, if he wanted friends, he could have he could have had friends on and off the field. He didn't need soccer to go to school. He, he didn't need soccer to have friends, to go to birthday parties, to, 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 to socialize. I mean, we have plenty of people in our lives that have other kids. So once he said he was all in, I said, okay. At nine years old, I said, okay, but we're not going to start. I know you're going to be a goalkeeper one day, but we're not going to start there. You're going to be a number 10. And I told his coach, and I was the assistant coach, I said, I want him in midfield. He's going to train all week long with the team. That's why he's so comfortable on the ball. And he's, you know, he's hitting those, uh, uh, pin, uh, pin, you know, uh, pinning those, pinging those balls like they, like he says, right? Because he has vision. He can see the whole game. Um, 
But then when we would have good, you know, like uh, really hard games, I would train him for like two or three weeks. So that game, you're probably going to be in goal the whole time because the only chance we have is to, to win is, to, is, to, is for you to play in goal. So I would train him for two weeks in order for him to be ready and everything. But he was a number 10 until he was like 11 or 12 years old. You don't want to put your kid in goal. You don't want to. I mean, kid wants – I mean, and I don't mean – look, I'm a goalkeeper. I'm not going to torture a kid like that because, you know, kids want they, – they want to have fun with the ball, right? So I made sure he played um, futsal. I made sure he he messed around. We, I made sure we played we played street ball. Like sometimes I would just say I would tell the coach I said, man, man, forget about practice, man. Just let him come over there to 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 our street and play like we played when we were kids, you know, in Portugal and for me in Cabo Verde, right? So the only advice I can give parents is I don't know, man. You let your kid tell you exactly what he or she wants you yeah. to lead them towards. You know, um, it, 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 to insist, but insisted, right, on something, on a dream that you have. This is not it. If, uh, initially, it was my dream, right? But I'm not him. So he needs to tell me what his dreams are, you know, and we as parents, we, we instill dreams in our kids and then they become teenagers, right? And then they disappoint you because they follow another path. So, what, 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 you know, as, a, as an educator and everything, and I, I noticed that with kids, you know, the complaints, I didn't want my kid to complain about me. So it's like, you, are you sure you want to do this? Because this is your decision. Don't tell me now. Tell me, take, take your time sleep on it tomorrow let's talk about it and that's been the that's been with everything you know from uh, joining and traveling 30 40 minutes to go play for fc delco then to traveling for almost an hour to go play for a union and then traveling all over the united states bro do you really want to do this uh going for i mean he could have gone to benfica in retrospect i should have taken him to benfica at 12 years old but who wants to lose his kid at 12 years old because i knew he was going to make it because he was that good. So, you know, and I'm not saying that to be, you know, to show off or anything. It's not even that. I knew how good the kid was. And that was the other thing. Don't waste my time. You know, that attitude is like, don't waste my time. If we're, you know, you know, I mean, Alfredo knows this because you're around youth soccer all the time. Chris is averted to it. He hates little kids. But uh, he 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 rather <laughs> he rather you know, when I'm talking about football, you rather you you rather deal with what you rather deal with the the I love family. little kids. I hate youth soccer. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> Dave, you want to jump in here, Dave? You you have a couple questions you want to ask? Yeah. Me. So I don't want to monologue, bro. Carlos, uh, at the age you said at the age of nine, uh, CJ got uh, his start. What clubs uh, did he uh, initially train with and? and uh, go on to join their academies at uh, from age nine to uh, his path at Benfica. That, that, that's, that's the other thing parents need to understand. He actually played on the worst team in Philadelphia until he was 11 years old at the Philadelphia soccer club. If we were, if there were like six or seven teams on, at that age group, they were the last ones, but they played the right way. They played the right way. They they touched the ball the right way. They were they 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 had an Argentinian you know number ten coach that that played that style and we lost almost every game. But you could you know I can look at them and go, you know in ten, in five ten years the best player on the team is the best player in this region is going to come from this from this club, 
from this team. So we we didn't push them to necessarily win. Of course, just like Benfica, you know, formada formada. Uh, what is it? Formada formada para ganhar. Formar a ganhar something like that. You because because winning is also a, a skill, right? So you got to teach that skill. But winning can come with time, right? So at nine years old, he was at the Philadelphia Soccer Club. Then uh, at eleven years old, um, we moved him to FC Belco to play with um, with the best players in the in the in the city. Uh, he made that team. Um, and then, uh, at literally a year, he was he was on the Philadelphia Union Academy at 12 years old. Uh, he turned 13 uh, during their first preseason, and he was playing on the U14. And things happened fast. Within literally six months to a year, um, he was already being looked at by national team um, uh, scouts uh, from Jersey at PDA, for example, at the market training. Um, and by the time he was 14 years old or almost 14 years old, he made his first trip to, I think it was f uh, Florida Bradenton. for the, for the national team camp. Bradenton. Yeah, to Bradenton. And then by the time, uh, before he turned 14, he was going on a trip to, um, he took his first international trip to play against Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina down in, in Buenos Aires. And even before that, he went with the, he went to, Qatar to play at the Aspire Academy against uh, Italian teams and some Spanish teams uh, at the in Qatar. So it, it happened really, really, really fast. And I don't know if it was luck or it, I guess it's a combination of all things, right? Because um, it, it happened pretty fast. And uh, but uh, but even before the Union Academy, he was already being looked at by Benfica. It's one thing, right, to because obviously everyone wants their kid to make it to the next level. Everyone's, everyone wants their kid to play at teams like, you know, Benfica, Porto Sport, in Barcelona, whatever. But it's another thing to actually now have that decision and have the opportunity to send the kid. And now you got to send them over to a whole different continent. He's moving away from home. Pretty sure your wife is not happy. Talk to us about that whole process because I'm pretty sure it's not an easy decision to make as a parent. <laughs> Uh, you want me to talk about the wife not being happy? Because, uh, you know, happy happy wife, happy life, right? Let's <laughs> say I wasn't happy for a long time. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, from, from when you looked at uh, at CJ uh, and you saw the, the – I guess you could call it meteoric, right? Because it happened – you said it happened pretty fast. Did you, did you at one point sit down and say – well, these are these are the 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 the, the pinpoints or, or the stages that he needs to hit. Did you have something planned out? Well, he's at FC Delco now. Then he's going to go to Union. Then he's going to uh, possibly get looked at by U U.S. national team. Then I'm possibly going to shop him around in in Europe. No, Did no, it doesn't. It, anybody with a plan, the plan is not going to work because. Uh, um, circumstances and situations don't 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 dictate. You don't dictate circumstances. Things happen, right? So a coach sees him, um, and even today, you know, like for example, he he's not he's pretty low on the depth chart right now, right? Um, it all depends on who's looking at him and and who's coaching and who's at the club and so on and so forth. Um, he was higher at, on the depth chart. 
Uh, and then last year or the year before that, uh, Brun Lage comes in and all the coaches kind of get moved up. And as the changes happen, um, another coach looks at them and, and goes, well, you know what? I like this kid better. So you can't, you know, you can't have a plan. You can have, you, 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 you know, I have a friend that tells me you, you got to put yourself in situations to get lucky. Right. So that's what we did. We, we created sort of a path um, that would put him in a place to get lucky. So, um, so because we didn't look at club soccer, because a lot of kids get lost in club soccer because they don't want to leave because they have their friends, right? So from the get-go, I told them, listen, we're not in, we're, we're not in here to have friends. You're here for, for the football. We're not here to have friends. I want you to have fun playing the game with your teammates, but just know that tomorrow you're going to have different teammates. The next week, you, you, everything might change. So from an early age, I told him that. And he accepted that, right, because he fell in love with the game itself. Um, one of the plans we did have was to never be satisfied. So, for example, not necessarily complaining to, to a coach or about a coach because there's no point doing that, right? But even today, and I'll be straight up with you guys, and I, I've, I've been honest with Chris, and, and it's actually the right time for me to come on because I'm not worried about um, – and you know anybody knowing what's on my mind. So, for example, Benfica might not be the future for for CJ, right? I mean, we could say that about Vlaco, right? Well, you could say that about a, any player. Any player, right? Okay. So if you look at it that way, you're always going to say, okay, I'm he's here now, but I'm already setting the stage for the next move. The the stage for the next move has been planned already. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. I have plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. Yeah. That, you know, soon enough when things happen or don't happen, I have a path for him. So that's what we did. So at 12 years old, and I've never talked about this, not even to like um, my, 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 uh, my contacts in Portugal that, that have interviewed me uh, and the family um, or CJ, right? Um, but the reason why he's in Portugal is because I wrote a letter. I wrote two letters, one to Porto and one to Benfica at 12 years old. And I wish I had it on, on, on here because I would have read it for you. But in essence, it, it told them the, the family story. It told them that, you know, I was Umetro uh, 94, that I've been, you know, my kid was 11, 12 years old. He was already Umetro 74 that he was going to be a big kid, that he was, he, he was being trained as a number 10, blah, 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 blah. And I sent that letter to Porto and to Benfica. I didn't hear back from neither of them. Mm -hmm. Then I found this guy on, I did a Google search at like one o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning in Portugal about Escolinhas de Guarda-Redes. And I found one in my hometown in Portugal, in Almada. Mm -hmm. I contacted the director. I sent him a really nice letter that I based based on that letter that I sent to both teams, to the professions of both teams. Right. And when I woke up at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, U.S. time, I had a let. I had a. I had a response from a gentleman named Hugo Oliveira. Senhor Carlos, how did you find? My, my email, I, I, this used to be my schoolinha. And 
And then he went on and told me that eu sou o guarda, eu sou o treinador de guarda-redes do Sport Lisboa e Benfica. And I'm like, what? And I looked him, I did a Google search. He was Jorge Jesus, one of his assistant coaches. And I didn't know that. Hugo yeah. Oliveira, yep. Yeah, Hugo Oliveira. That that went on to 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 Hull, Hull City and Watford, all with Mark Silva, and right. ended up at Everton. Um, and then they they got released, they got fired. Yeah. So that that's how he got his break at uh, at Benfica, yeah. right? So it's not like you had an agent; you were his own agent. No, now, no, no. I, I did everything. I did everything. As things get serious, right? And do you have agents approaching you? Do you have yeah. these firms approaching you? And how do you go about picking what the right agency is for CJ? Uh, I don't. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anyone in the game. I don't have faith in every anyone in the game. So it's very easy to rule people out. Very right. easy. It's very easy to rule people out because even if they're good people, you, you have high expectations. So I didn't go out searching for an agent. I, I didn't. At one point, I thought I did. Um, I should have, but I, I never did, which probably was the worst thing and the best thing I ever did because as a, as a parent, you think with your heart, right? So when you're sitting down with Noon Gomes and – He's spewing some BS at you about, oh, you got to wait. That you wish you had somebody else talking to the guy because you, you want to wring your your. I want to grab my idol by the by the throat <laughs> and squeeze it because he's frustrating me. Or or when he's on the phone with me, I wish I had someone because you know. And plus, when I when I started working with, to get the first contract, Hugo Oliveira had been let go by by our former coach. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was the coach. He yeah. coached with, uh, what's his name, for a year. For, for With Rui Vitória, and Rui Vitória let him go. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a big controversy around that because people were wondering why he got rid of uh, Hugo Oliveira. And there was also some changing in the goalkeeper, that the goalkeeping that people noticed as a result of Hugo, Hugo Oliveira leaving. And I, I, I don't have the story firsthand, but I, I know what the story is. Because I'm, I've dealt. Because Hugo Oliveira is really big in CJ's career. I mean, he's literally the padrinho here. Okay. Right. So when when he and 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 my theory is one of the one of the reasons why C, CJ sometimes don't get certain opportunities is because the guy who brought them there is not the guy who is there now. And when we brought him in to to Benfica, Hugo Oliveira got pushed out because. Uh, Rui Vitória wanted to bring in his own staff. Right. And, you know, they did really well in Champions League. They won the league. They were, what, seven or eight points behind when I first took them to do trials in 215. And then Bula, and they won the, the league and so on and so forth. And when they won the league, he asked for his own staff. Right. He gained weight, and he asked, and Ugu left, and because, and it's it's amazing how, how these little things, these little nuances affect all players. I mean, we can talk about Tiago Dantas and all of these kids, João Felix. We can talk about all of them. If there aren't any changes along the way, it, it might throw something off, and I'm not comparing CJ to João Felix because he's not of the same caliber, let's say, in people's eyes. He's he's probably 140 million uh, euros cheaper. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but 
but um, that's why you can't really plan because I, I, I planned, I, I did everything. And then all of a sudden I took him there. Uh, you have to wait because um, the guy who brought him here is not here anymore. So these other coaches have to see them. So we were there for another two months. So wow. you can't, you, you know what I mean? You can't really plan because if you plan, then you're going to get frustrated. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, originally, uh, go ahead. Um, it, it, what, I, what would the, the, I wanted to talk about this because I kind of find this fascinating. There's actually, a, or was a series on net on Netflix about uh, these parents that are, that are, that are super hard on their kids that uh, weren't, you know, the players that they wanted to be. So they kind of see themselves or a second chance in their kids. And you've already been very clear about what CJ's intentions were, right? So I've read Andre Agassi's uh, uh, biography and he absolutely despised tennis. He didn't want to do tennis because he was pushed so hard to be a tennis player but you've already cleared that up you said that cj wanted to do this from yeah, from the yeah. start what was the motivation like because obviously if he has the desire to to be a professional athlete to be a professional goalie he has goals to get to europe to play for teams what's the the mentality what's the motivation behind that did you really have to have motivation um is there some kind of uh, a reality check at some point that you kind of have to temper his expectations? How does it go from a mental aspect? How did you handle that? It it was easy with him. I, I'm telling you, with him, Alfredo, with him, it's it's very easy. Um, there was a game we played here against uh, PDA. Okay, uh, he had gone to a national team camp. And then he didn't get called for another six months, right? And he was playing against Hunter Pinu, which right. you guys should know very well. Yep. Okay, Hunter was the man, was the kid. Um, it was really cold. It was he had a horrible game. And on the way home, I said to him, I said, you know what? You know why you didn't go to that camp? Because Hunter is better than you. And I just drove. That's all I had to say. So he was always, he's always been a very strong individual very in terms strong of mind. handling the, the criticism, whether it's constructive very, or whether it's something that kind of uh, hurts his pride, right? That one yeah, makes yeah, him uh, yeah. create that fire inside, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me tell you right now, he didn't talk to me for a week and I was okay with it. And from then on, I didn't have to say anything else. Right now, there's more motivation on the table. I talk a lot to Chris. We had a conversation. You know, he's not on the he's on the he's low, he's low on the depth chart. He's not practicing right now, right? They only have the first team kids in in there that they're looking to be you know first teamers, right? They have another goalkeeper in there, right? That they're bet on, and he has a fire lit under him. So, you know, you can't teach those. I mean, and and, and at the end of the day, right? And I, ever since he was a little kid, I told him, I don't care. I played the position. The position made me a better man. I don't care if you ever become success, successful in this, in this sport. I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you're having success. But at the end of the day, I want you to be a good man. That's what I want you to be, is a good man. I want the position and the sport to make you a better man. So no matter what, I'm going, I'm going to win as a father, right, if he succeeds or not. Yeah. Because he's going to come out of this better than he went in, right? So 
automatically you temper down not necessarily the expectations, but the disappointment of it, you know? It's a win-win situation. If he makes it at Benfica, man, you know, I'm wearing the shirt, right? Um, if he if he plays for Family Gun for 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 uh Segunda Division, whatever, it's still football. We love football. Yeah. It's still football. And Hunter Pino is playing second division, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either second or third, I'm not sure, but but he's in Portugal. So is he more successful than Hunter because he's at Benfica? No, they're both love the game. They're both going after the game. So, you know, Hunter could be, could be a first division player, a tier one playmaker within the next two, three years. But, you know, but he's taking a different path, right? So, so how do you guard against, against that? You go, listen, don't worry, man. I don't care if you're at Benfica or, or if you're at, I don't know what your hometown team, but at Beira Mar in the Campeonato Portugal with Cristiano's team, right? It's, he's still doing what he loves. Yeah. So, so for us, for us, um, you know, most important thing has always been, you know, to be a great citizen and to use the game to, 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 to work on that. So um, we're proud no matter what, you know, and right now, you know, he's low on the depth chart. So what? Yeah. Go, go get it. Work. Yeah. Talk to, talk to mm -hmm. us about the, I know that when we initially spoke to uh, CJ, he was 16 years old and he was on his way to Portugal. Uh, but talk to us about those first couple of years of uh, in Portugal, living in an apartment with other players without mom's cooking, uh, without the parental support. How did that go for him? And how did he adapt to that situation? Uh, his, do you guys know, uh, Cristiano, have I ever told you who his his uh, his roommate was? Uh, that Ke first Keaton was one of them, right? Well, Keaton was later. Keaton uh, was, was later. later. Uh, the first he slept on Keaton's, he slept on, Keaton's um, on Keaton's couch for like three months. Yeah, uh, that, his apartment right outside Seychelles. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially, uh, when he moved to Portugal, he stayed. He was staying in the academy. He was actually living in the academy until he turned eighteen. Then. I mean, Carlos is better at telling this, but once these players turn 18, Alfredo, they kick you out the door. Like, you're a grown-ass man now. Figure it out. <laughs> Find your own apartment. But because CJ was 16 when he joined, he, he was able to live at the at the Seychelles Academy. And uh, Carlos, I, for some reason, it escapes my mind. You might have told me, but right now I don't remember. Uh, it's it's, it's Florentino. Okay, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now I remember. Florentino was – that's right. Florentino was his teammate. Remember Florentino for a whole season, for a year. Little Florentino, um, nice kid, um, spends most of his time watching the same novella as his girlfriend and on the phone with her. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then his second one was Umaru. And I'm not going to tell you stories about Umaru because... Uh, Umaru Balde. Yeah, Umaru Balde. Uh, no, no, Umaru... Uh, no, it's not Balde. It's not Balde. It's... Uh, it's not Balde? Umaru? They've looked at up real quick. Siana, where is he at these days, Carlos? Do you know? He's on the big team. He's on the big team. Balde that you're talking about, uh, Alfredo, is on uh, on Ops. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking about talking a with different, different Umaru, though. Yeah, He's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the kid that was almost sold to Leipzig. To Leipzig for like Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so um, those uh, first – I think – 
I mean, he would have to tell you for himself, but it was hardest on me. You know, the women have a, a better time on dealing with it than, than fathers. I mean, really? I, I, think I, I would think yeah, it's the other way. Uh, they, it, they probably take it harder, but they're stronger than us. So they, they know how to deal with it because there's, you know, there's still another one to, to yeah. raise and, exactly. and take care of me as, you know, as her husband carry me because she that's what she does for a living but uh, <laughs> um nah you know when you spend so much time with a kid and he's doing what you love right like i said it was my dream and i instilled it in him and he took off with it um and then the kid all of a sudden gets you know goes into seychelles and walks it walks over and you see him behind that 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 barrier and he's going and I mean, that was kind of hard. And then plus my father passed away right after CJ signed this contract. So um, that kind of threw things off. And uh, I, I took it pretty hard. That was a, one of the hardest years of my life. But for him, it's been tough because, you know, even though he's, his parents are, you know, Portuguese and so on and so forth, um, you know, he's an American kid. You know, you Carl, tell us, tell us the story when you guys got to start to lose and CJ got to sign his, his, his first contract with Benfica, that same day Benfica signed, had a big signing. Tell us about that story. Who did they sign that day? You I, remember? I forget. I forget. But this I know. Braga. No, from Braga. Rafa. 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 It was the same day. It was the same, exactly. So you guys, but Carl, I know the story, but tell the story. You guys get to start to lose. You're all excited. CJ's going to come in and take the picture with the president. No, and like, no, well, the I'm president like, never took a picture with him. I know. That's what I'm saying because he had bigger business to attend to. Tell him about the, 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 the president, president was cursing somebody out in the hallway for like <laughs> a 15, 20 minutes. Because, and we, so could hear, we could hear him from the cabinet because, you know, you guys know the profile picture, you know, that everybody has with the, with the, with the, the uh, shirt. The giant shirt, yeah. Campeonato de Europa, the two the, with the giant shirt in the background, and CJ's taking pictures and signing. And uh, one of my favorite people in Portugal, Ana Filipe Gudinho, which is uh, the manager of the national team, it's his daughter, Sr. Uh, Gudinho, um, really great gentleman. Um, she was the uh, she did all the contract for for. Later on, she she uh, last year she was playing. She she worked with the Benfica fem, uh, feminine team, and now she's working with the with the national team now. And she actually married the juvenile coach at Benfica. One of my favorite people. I know, I got to give her a shout out. Ana Felipe Gudinho. Uh, so she, you know, we're, he's signing the the contract, and I said, "O presidente vem tirar foto com com miúdo." Ah, no, and I said, okay, so I'm thinking, I'm like, so what's going on today? And I had read in the newspaper that, you know, that Hoffa might sign this contract. So he's screaming at someone and, and, and the ladies are all like, because there were, there were two ladies, a lawyer and yes, a sort of, at least she was the assistant for Nuno Gomes and Filipe was. And uh, he's cursing out somebody in the, you know, in Portuguese in the background, of course. Uh, very colorful language. And I'm like, be careful what you say, Carlos. This is about to be breaking news on Sam TV. Be very careful. Apparently, apparently there, there, there were the President Dubraga and, 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 and,
It's in the newspaper. It was in the newspaper. I'm not telling anything that, I, I, I mean, nobody talked to me about it. I read it in the newspaper that uh, they were, I guess they were having an argument about who was going to pay the commission. So Rafa stole CJ's limelight, so, stole his spotlight that day. The day he could have had his picture yeah, Rafa, in jersey yeah. with Orelias, Rafa <laughs> stole the shine. And it was, it was worth it. I mean, Rafa, Rafa has become a very good player for Benfica. That's a, that's a great story, though. That's a great story. So um, just to, to wrap it up, uh, you've already spoke about, you know, CJ's current situation. Uh, it doesn't strike me as a kid that will be um, let down by what's no. going on. But rather, he kind of takes it and he turns it into fuel uh, for uh, for his uh, for his motivation, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Listen, um, this this world is tough, Alfredo and uh, and Cristiano and I have, you know, we've we've gone deeper into it. I, I, I don't know if he he's gone deeper than probably he's ever wanted to from a, from a player perspective. I don't know. It's his opinion, but um, we 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 have learned certain things that this this world is is rough, man. And if you're not ready for it, um, if you don't have the right people behind you, uh, you asked me about the representation. I, uh, Ugo Oliveira actually helped us out with representation. And that's what we've done. I made the decision to take the boy because of Ugo Oliveira. I made the decision to leave him there because I had a private conversation with Ugo Oliveira even after he was out of there. I made the decision to, to take him to Pro 11, to Carlos Gonçalves, in my opinion, one of the greatest human beings in, in, in world football, okay? He's uh, Marco Silva's uh, uh, agent. He's um, André Villas-Boas' agent. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's Diego Dalot's agent. He's a, an amazing human being, and they're part of the family, okay? I mean, uh, one of the people that are under him in Manhattan and we've 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 really become good friends with these people and my family they're our family in Portugal uh, there's a gentleman called um, Carlos Coelho which is a big name in, in Portuguese soccer uh, from this from the early 80s he's CJ's handler for Pro 11 he's like his father you know what I mean I call him so that's the way we've dealt with these people we've we've made the right choices at least try to and then we're religious. I mean, even if George Minch, and I'm telling you right now, George Minch comes in and says, I have a huge contract here for CJ. I probably wouldn't sign it. And the reason is, is because I, I have that much faith in the people I'm dealing with. And Just like I feel about people at Benfica too. Like yeah, the and, and so on. You, yeah, you have a loyalty, a loyalty factor also. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's not by chance. I mean, they're little decisions that we've made as a family, um, and and we've picked right, the right people at the right time. Now, is it going to work? I don't know. I mean, life is. I mean, look what's happening right now. And Carlos, since we're talking about loyalty, it's a good time for me to stir up the pot and start some controversy. Oh, God. <laughs> Alfredo was ready to end the the conversation. I think, I think we could end it on this one because this one might might perk up some ears, right? Which is, as we know, CJ was part of the U.S. under-20 national team at the World Cup in, in Poland oh just, uh, last summer. And, you know, unfortunately, for one reason or another, he was a third-string goalkeeper. He didn't really get the opportunity that many thought he should get. Have yeah. you guys at any point given it any thought 
you know, maybe to jump, make the jump and start representing Portugal. Because as we know, until you make that, you represent the senior squad, you can still jump ship. Have you guys given any thought and maybe represent the start, you know, represent Portugal as opposed to the United States? You tried, you tried this with him three and a half, four years ago. And he gave you a great answer. Okay, but I'm asking you. This they tried the same thing at the World Cup, and he gave a great answer. The guy the other day did the same exact thing and gave a great answer. But I'm not him, so I'm going to tell you exactly what what yeah exactly what I'm what what I'm hoping for. Okay, um, I I want him to have a great a great experience. It's it's going to be for three countries, either one of them, right? It's going to be either the United States, Portugal, or Cabo Verde, right? We've actually had approximations from all, not all three angles, because Portugal hasn't really, you know, come after him um, in the last four or five years, because, you know, there's some great goalkeepers at his age. So no one has made that approximation. With Cabo Verde, there's been some murmurs, but nothing serious. The only serious thing that has happened here was since he was 13 years old, U.S. gave him a shot, right? So there's your answer right there. If yeah. today the U.S. come in, right, let's say CJ, I don't know, gets loaned out and in the next two or three years he has an, he has an amazing experience of first team ball, right, someplace, right, or with Benfica. Um, and he gets on that level with the first team, and they come in, they have first choice, first serve, first choice. He's an American kid, yeah, right? But if Portugal comes along within the next three or four years and says, you know what, guys, we're interested, we would be dumb to, 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 to go, hmm, right? I mean, you think about it, but yeah. it all depends on the U.S. U- U.S. USA has first come. They've invested what five, six years into him. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, you know, just from listening to you, I, I think that speaks volumes about um, not only your character but your family's character, uh, and the fact that uh, you know you had a guiding hand and you had a a guiding voice in in Portugal, and as a result, you're loyal to that person, and the fact that the U.S. national team. Uh, as the U- uh, youth U.S. national team has given CJ a chance and have invested time with him, it, it makes a lot of sense that his priority continues to be the U.S. national team. And, and I would agree with you. I think that if there's, a, if there's an approximation by uh, the, the FPF, uh, you definitely think about it and you consider everything that's all the factors that are around it. Um, but I think that, yeah, at, at this point, I think that uh, you would probably be better suited with the U.S. just because he knows the setup. They already know him. Uh, I think that, uh, and he, he could probably tell you, and, and us speaking to um, to Keaton, uh, there's, there, there was a little bit of a stigma in terms of uh, an American kid playing football in, in Europe, right? Yeah. Right. And it comes from it comes from both ends, Alfredo, which is a whole different story. Because one of the last things I want to say to you about that question, Cristiano, and I want to be very clear because I want people to know what is on my mind on this, because I want to be clear on it. Um the choice is has two two sides, right? They have to want him as much 
as he wants them. Yeah. CJ wants them, but they have to reciprocate. Right. A hundred percent. They can't punish him because he's in Europe. Right. You know, and I feel like that's, has, that has happened. If he was here in MLS or in USL um, with his talent, he might be looked at a different way. He's at the best academy in the world, bar none. The only other academy we can argue with is Ajax. And depending on if you're Dutch or Portuguese, you can go either way, right? He's at the best academy. He's being he's 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 had amazing training. He literally is 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 um, um, a product of Oblak and Ederson, right? And that style, especially Ederson, because after the sale of Ederson, they've tried to create all their goalkeepers like that. Jugar com profundidade, play in front of the 18. Even Vlako, you see Vlako playing like that now when he didn't play like yeah. that at the beginning, right? So, so you can't you can't look at it and go, all right, he's not in MLS, he's not in USL, so you can't do that. You got to reward him because to be accepted in that environment, you guys have spoken to to Keaton, it's it's not easy. It's not easy for him to have reached that because, because um, the benefit of the doubt is being given to kids that have been there for, since they were 9, 10 years old, which is normal. They're their kids. They've yeah. raised them. The Tiago Dantas, the Umaruj, the, 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 the Camaraz, the, the Florentines. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he went right into that environment and had success. So you got to reward him. And I'm not saying you give it to him, but when he's earned it, you got to give it to him. So they have to want them as much as, and going forward, they have to want them. Yeah. No. Like these Mexican kids, right? These Mexican kids, they have other options, but you got to, you got to show some love, you know? Yeah. No, it you know, makes when, sense. Yeah. When I call, when I call these um, the people in football, at Benfica, when I, when I, when I, when I send a message to Pedro Milomes, he literally answers within like an hour or two. I have to feel that love too from from U.S. soccer, and um, and I'm not pulling any punches here. And Cristiano knows how honest I am, but you got to have some love too. You know, the kid has to feel love from that side. Um, nobody else is showing him love at this point. You know, the other federations, but he's only 19 years old. You know, things are going to change within the next five years, either for good or for. Or for or for bad, and you got to show some love. And I think Americans, America, um, um, American American soccer needs to show that love. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think I'm asking them to be a little bit more Portuguese, I guess, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, and it's it's fascinating and interesting, and and I'm sure we could be talking here all night about uh, you know the, your experience and and with CJ, uh, but uh, we kind of have to keep this within a certain time limit. So we want to move on to the next topic. And, and Carlos, if you want to bow out on this one, you want to keep your opinions to, you, to yourself and, and quiet, you can. But yeah, we, wanted, get myself in trouble. we wanted to talk about uh, Luis Flipieta's uh, interview to BTV this past Monday. Um, it was roughly, I would say, probably like an hour and a half, close to an hour and a half. Uh, and I'll just mention uh, a few sentences, and I think that Cristiano may 
want to pick up on on a couple of these and, and we could discuss it. Uh, but I'll just go in order. And I wrote these down as I was uh, watching. Um, so he has, he has confirmed that Befica has lost about 20 to 25 million because of the coronavirus. Uh, he also said to this date, uh, Benfica doesn't need to sell players. Two, three months from now, it may be a different story. Uh, he had a, an offer for two players at $100 million each, uh, and one of them was Vinicius. Uh, but because of Corona, he couldn't sell him. And I know, Cristiano, you, you've kind of taken this one and, and you've been uh, a little questioning. Who are, these, who are these players? Yes, Vinicius, you already mentioned one. Who is the other one? And how is he so confident that after Corona – you're going to be able to sell players for 100 mil. Man, come on. Listen. <laughs> I also have a Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, George Washington Bridge to sell you. I mean, just right now, coronavirus messed up that deal for me, but possibly in a couple of months, I might be able to rework that paperwork. I might be able to get it to you guys as well. Come on, man. All joking aside, listen. There's one guy that I could potentially see going for – I can't even say anywhere Don't near – no, no. I was, I mean, obviously, that my answer to everything. As you guys know, I adore the guy, but let's. I'm, I'm trying to be serious here. The only guy I can see going for elevated amount of money is is Ruben Diaz. But even him at 100 million dollars, I think it's way too much money. I don't see anyone on the roster uh, right now who would attract that type of offer. So, again, man, look, he's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to try to promote his players and. And, 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 you know, make them out to be something that they're really not. And, and I guess he feels the need to do that and try to lie to us Benficistas. But, you know, it's just – it's just – it's laughable. that That's the only thing. I, I'm trying to keep it cool. I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to go overboard. It's just laughable that he expects anyone that, that really has a clue about what's going on in the world of football to, to, to believe in that. Yeah. He also said that had it not been for the pandemic, um, he was he was getting ready to – uh, show Benficistas in October, of course, October is election time, uh, that the club was going to be debt-free in October. But because of the pandemic, that's no longer going to be the case. Uh, RDT was not a mistake from our scouting. He just couldn't adapt to our team. The fact that he's doing well in Spain and has been mentioned in being an option for the national team is proof that we didn't make a mistake when questioned about all these players that he's brought in. Uh, he also mentioned that Diogo Gonçalves and Sanch will be coming to the preseason. And, uh, and uh, Cristiano, your, your favorite, David Luiz is not coming to Benfica just yet. At 33, he still has to make money. Uh, he also said that he has a, a father-son relationship with David Luiz. Uh, and he said, even if David Luiz wanted to come to Benfica at this junction and understanding that uh, he's about to have a kid, I would discourage him from coming to Benfica because I want him to make more money. Now, at 35, if he's ready to come, we'll, uh, welcome, him. we'll welcome him with uh, open arms. Obviously, not the case for Gaetan. But certainly at 35 years old, Luis Lefiera would welcome uh, David Luiz into the club, Christian. Look, and I think he feels that way. And I think he has that special relationship with David Luiz. And at the end of the day, I think he was a little bit too honest about that whole situation where it's as if he's going a little bit overboard to try to make us believe in everything else that he that, and all the other BS that he feeds us. Um, it's great to see that he's got that type of relationship. But then again, it opens up so many questions. As you mentioned, Gaetan, who's 31, trying to come back 
was ignored. There's, you know, Renato Sanchez trying to come back, but they don't want to pay 20 million or 25 million for him, but they pay 22 million for 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 Arrete. There's just so many questions that this guy leaves open. It's uh, to me, it's just repeat, rinse, repeat. Rinse. It's just it's just every single press conference. It's it's the same, uh, same crap out of yeah. his mouth. It's very disappointing to hear. I would like to see some freshness. I would like to see some new ideas. I would like to see this guy come out and talk about ways to improve the football club. Yes, he's done a tremendous job, the marketing side of things and getting the club some money. Yeah, I can't dispute that. Okay, as I've said many times, where the club is today compared to where it was when he first came in, I mean, it's night and day, okay? Forever be grateful to that. But I think it's just – it's time for, for, for something new. It's time for new ideas. It's time for, for this club to take it to the next level. We've been able to compete and obviously win, win tremendous amount of titles in the Portuguese league over the last 10 years, but we need to take the next step, right? Our European dream is, is, is an embarrassment. We are a laughingstock in the Champions League. And he wants to come out and talk about selling players for $200 million. I mean, it just – it's ludicrous. And then you talking about and this one. I didn't even get this one, Alfredo. You mentioned this one now, that if it wasn't for the coronavirus in October, the club was going to be debt-free. I mean, D- Dave. We're not talking Carl, about wiping the – we're not talking about wiping the Pasivu. I'm just talk- – we're talking about uh, any debt that they owe to the banks. I, so I, that confused. See, I need some more information. I, I'm, I'm, to me, debt is the 385 million that they were in debt. That's debt to me. It ain't the five million dollar loan that the five million euro loan that they got a, that they got from bank that that's due at the end of the month. That's to me. That's irrelevant. The five million euros. It's about the whole club, the debt that they've acquired over the last I don't even know 20 years or so, 25 years. But it just look again. Maybe I misspoke. It just to me sounds just you know as just another. Another BS excuse. Yeah, and I well, they, he, had two guys, he had two players there for a hundred million each. Then what's he saying? He's putting the two hundred down on the debt and wiping the debt out with. That's the, what I'm saying. Like I don't. I, I, whatever it is, maybe sure, maybe he's got. It's easy to speak now, right? He, like uh, he's speaking in these. Uh, well, he's got a, he's got the coronavirus card to to play, right? Well, we could have we could have been European champions this year this year if it wasn't for the coronavirus. <laughs> we could have been. Uh, Debt free, like he's just blaming everything, and uh, that could have gone right with this club, but he's blaming. No, you're one hundred percent correct, and, and and he always leaves himself an out. You know, oh, I, I would have sold him, but you know the corona. And then it's funny because his good friend Pinta Costa came a couple hours later and said, "I had one hundred and fifty million dollars worth of players all, but the coronavirus messed that up for us." It just seemed like it's a trendy thing to do now. Just blame everything on the coronavirus. I would have had sold, like I said before, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the George. I would have sold them all, but the coronavirus unfortunately derailed those deals for me. Yeah. No, maybe uh, maybe Trump is sending them a stimulus check. Maybe he was counting on that. Um, you also said that a player that will finish his contract at 27 has already committed. Uh, they're committed or, or given his word that he's going to come back to Benfica. I wonder who that is. I wonder if that's Bernardo Silva. I don't have his contract details. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen at 35, right? At 35. Yeah, no, it's talking about at 20. So I've seen, I've seen the conversation on Twitter and WhatsApp groups. And apparently Bernardo doesn't finish his contract by the time he's 27. So Bernardo's out of the question. It's the Ivan Cavaleros, the, the, the Gonzalo Guedes, guys like that. Most likely Elder Course, the Ivan Cavaleiro, <laughs> more so than yeah. the other guys. He also said that uh, to be European champions, the majority of the players have to come from the Seychelles, which is something that I, I really don't get that. I do understand that 
you could have a base of players made of Seychelles and you could supplement with some other players. Uh, but I don't understand how he's going to be European champion with the majority of players being from Seychelles. But uh, maybe he's looking at different things that, than I am. Uh, Brun Lage is the ideal, play, uh, the ideal coach for this project and will remain Benfica's coach regardless on whether or not he wins a championship, uh, unless something very unusual happens. There's that out you're talking about, Cristiano. There's always an out, unless, unless, or but, and if, you know, there's always an out. Um, I, I think when he's talking about the something unusual happens, he's talking about a team coming in and poaching him, you know, and, and signing him and triggering his release clause. Look, at the end of the day, let's be brutally honest. I think we said this before the pandemic set on us. If Benfica does not win the title, there's no way he could come back. I'm sorry. There's no way. If he wins the title, fine. You know what? We'll live with you for another year. But if Benfica does not win the title, uh, how could you? I mean, maybe now because of this whole corona thing, maybe now you have an excuse. <laughs> maybe. I mean, because it kind of throws a wrench into things, right? You kind of like, okay. but at the end of the day, Come on, man. It's just – it's. I don't even know what to say with this guy. He's just, this is a guy that had fired a head coach, went to sleep, saw a light, and unfired a guy within a couple of hours. So uh, I, I got to take everything he says, like you know, with the, like a grain of salt. Yeah, and, and Chris, much to, to your disappointment, he did, he did say that at this moment there's no plans or ideas to bring J.J. back. He did mention that. And today – JJ did uh, renew well, his contract. Well, it's not official yet. It's not official yet, but well, there's I saw a, a picture on Ebola with the president. No, the president just tweeted out a picture of the Portuguese flag. And now everyone's just assuming because they no, had no, met no. earlier today. Go, go yeah. check Ebola. It's on Ebola. I don't um, think it's official yet. But the, the word is that he, he will sign an extension. But there will be an out clause. An out clause. An out. An out clause. And that's, you know, and that's if my good friend Aurelius comes knocking. I'm growing. Look, the guy wants to come back to Portugal, and he knows that there's only one club that he could reach the level he wants to reach at, one club that has the funds to go ahead and attract the players that he wants to attract, and that's Benfica. Let's be brutally honest. Yeah. And I think Benfica, you know, sorely misses him. You know where I stand. Bring him yeah. back. Look, can, uh, we pull, can we send Lodge to Flamengo and bring him back? Yeah, look, uh, no, you can't do that. Um <laughs> It, it, it was something funny because there was something that was circulating around Twitter, which is similar to a bingo board, right? And within those squares, as all the answers, uh, talk about the Pasivu, talk about when I got here, Benfica didn't even own the bricks around the stadium, uh, look at the camera and talk to the fans. So there was all these squares uh, that had all these cliched, answers by Luis Oliveira over the years. And I believe for, for those of you keeping count or for the ones that kept count, all of the squares were filled, but two, I don't know which two there were, but from somebody that was keeping count, that's what they told me. Uh, so nothing here earth chattering or revealing uh, in terms of uh, what Luis, Luis Oliveira was able to divulge. Uh, so more of the same, uh, really, uh, elections, uh, he expects to be elected, obviously. Work is not done. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. He says he won't engage in any debates with other, the other candidates because he doesn't have to prove himself because he's got 17 years uh, as proof of what he's capable of, so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. I said every single one of his press conferences is just pretty much repetitive. I mean, 
take out the name Lodge, insert the name Vitoria. He'll be back unless something else happens. Take out the name, you know, speculation of, of Vinicius and, 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 and Diaz. And at the time it was what? Juan Felix. It's, it's always the same as just swapped out the names. And it's always, it's, it's been years and years with the same answers, talking about the same topics, talking about the same thing. Come on, give me something new. Give me something. And this has to do with the fact that he knows he's really got no competition. He's got no one running against. Nobody's really going to pose a, a legitimate, you know, the threat at, re-thron- at dethroning him. I just think that it's, it's like, yeah, I got to do this because I got to do this press conference. Like, like you said, get the bingo board out and uh, whatever answer, whatever question <laughs> pops up, we'll throw one of those answers. It could have been a shot game too. Could have been a shot game. All right. Um, the moment that we've all been waiting for, the restart of the Liga Nage, uh takes off this uh, Thursday, and Benfica will play this Thursday at Stade Luz against uh, Tondela. Dave, what's, uh, what's Tondela up to, or what were they up to before the pause? Yeah, they are currently in 14th position with six wins, seven draws, uh, 11 losses, uh, nine points above the relegation uh, zone currently. And our uh, historically our record against Tondela eight wins one loss and that uh, one loss coming in 2018 that uh, ultimately cost Benfica's uh, Penta uh, chances that year the, that loss coming at uh, at home as well. Carlos, looking at this pause, uh, who do you think is the club that comes out most benefiting the most out of the the pause out of the the, the top three? or actually the top three clubs in Portugal? I mean, I, from, as a fan's perspective, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't been really paying attention too much, but as a father, um, I know some of the inside things that have happened and the careful things that the way they've been dealing with the, with the athletes and how my son kind of, you know, works in, in that environment. And, I have to be honest with you. I think Benfica has done an amazing job with um, with the athletes that they've had. So I don't know how mentally these these guys are. Um, I know they're biting at the bit. Every single one of those athletes, from from the juniors all the way up to to the senior club. Um, now that we're going to gear up again, um, it's kind of like baseball, right? <laughs> I was ready for my fantasy uh, baseball league and. You know, and it didn't happen. So, um, I'm, I'm now. You guys are, you know, doing this interview with you kind of got me going again. And, um, but I know from a from the athletes' perspective, they're ready. Um, and 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 CJ talks to a couple of people um, that are on that first team, and they're looking forward to it, man. So, I I believe that um, Benfica definitely has a chance. I don't know how Sporting has dealt with it. I don't know how Porto has dealt with it. But um, what, what's what's the current standings right now? What, what's the what what is that Porto, look like? Porto, Benfica, Braga, and Sporting. So it's what um, one it's point. One point, and then Sporting in fourth place is eighteen off the pace. Okay, so we're not even going to talk about Sporting. Then. Yeah, and and Braga is up uh, two points on uh, on Sporting, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, how many games left? Like seven. So, so there's ten games. Ten games left. Yeah. Oh well, there's a lot of games. Yeah. So what what is their plan, Alfredo? Are they gonna is it gonna be one game a week, two games a week? 
it, there's going to be one game a week, but they're going to play from basically Wednesday to, to Wednesday. They're going to scatter the games, so there's enough time between uh, games. And I, I know that, Dave, you, you had that schedule. I don't know if you could bring that up again. But, yeah, there was – Benfica, uh, out of the nine games left, Benfica only plays one game on Saturday. The rest of the games are during the week. Uh, and I would imagine that the rest of the teams are going to be doing that. As a matter of fact, Dave uh, had a, a a good stat. Uh, and when we looked at who's playing first, Benfica or, or Porto, and Benfica, out of the 10 games, I think five of them, they were playing before Porto, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Is that right, Dave? Yeah, because uh, they had only announced the remaining nine. Yeah. the 10th game. Everybody's playing at the same time. So right. uh, out of the nine games, five of the times uh, Benfica will be playing Porto uh, before Porto. Right. Dave, you excited about this uh, start? I got to be honest. I took the day off, man. You took the day off? Yeah, I I'm did. working from home. So uh, I'll have the TV on and work uh, in the background. But um yeah, you know, it, it's different. Uh, it's going to be odd, obviously, with no fans in the stands. We're watching uh, the German uh, league. Uh, they've got no fans in the stands. So it's definitely going to be different. Um, you're going to be able to hear the players uh, more. Hopefully they don't mute them and you'll be able to uh, to hear their what they're saying, their conversations. Um, and, and at the beginning, I was kind of – uh, against the league returning, uh, especially since um, over here it was still kind of peak uh, COVID over here. But I think it, it'll it be good. And as long as there's no uh, major hiccups between the uh, the league, the referees, the clubs, the players. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll take it one game at a time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, enjoying uh, – sorry, I'm excited for Thursday's uh, game against Tondela. Christiana, what are you most excited about this return? Opa, just getting to see our beloved Benfica back on the field once again. Get to see my boy Tarap. Let's see what he could do as a second. Uh, there's that false nine up top. Hopefully, uh, creates a little bit more magic and uh, he gives us the points that uh, that we need to 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 you know get back at the top of the table by the end when this is all done. And Carlos, I'll ask you this, right? Um, as a young kid growing up, you always dreamed of playing in the biggest stages, right? With, with huge crowds cheering you on and feeling that atmosphere. How do you think this is going to be with the empty stadium, man? It's, it's almost uh, counterintuitive. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be extremely weird. I mean, as a fan, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch the Bundesliga um, the last couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And part of that has been mourning, you know, uh, our old life and uh, and and football and so on, but I think I think um, I think Cristiano was on point. I mean, we we like I know from my side I've been doing a lot of work on the in the background with the Playmaker Ten thing, and I'm sure the people that deal with football on a regular basis and that live off of this and I mean we love it, but man, there are people that are working and 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 and, and depend on football and. I'm just glad for those people. You know, I see it from that perspective. You know, um, from you know, from the players to 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 the coaches and so on. Um, I'm I'm actually happy for them. For a fan, uh, it's going to be kind of weird. 
it's going to be like um you know it's 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 going to look like that picture of uh, of uh of uh cristiano right there right it's going to be weird it's going to be weird but i i think but for those of us that love watching the game on tv and that love the game i think we all need something to distract us from all the stuff that's happening so i'm glad for that but for the athlete i, I know those guys you don't notice the you don't notice the crowd anyway i mean you referee, you've played before. Yeah, you, it's zoned out, yeah. You zone it out, yeah. And it's gonna be you, the ball, and the situation. So I think for the guys, they're they're gonna they're they're probably biting at the bit. And actually I know for a fact they're biting at the bit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. Too- yeah, it's been too long. And and I, I think that uh we're all looking forward to it and, and certainly there was some hesitation when this plan was first put in place. So let's hope that things don't get any worse. Uh, because if the league has to be stopped again, uh, neither Benfica nor Porto have agreed on what the next step is. So that's kind of been in a stalemate. Uh, so let's hope that everything goes well. They, they're they able to get these 10 games in, and at the end, that Benfica is champion. That's all I could ask for. Um, Carlos, one last thing before we go. Uh, tell everyone where they could find you, how they could get in touch with you, uh, anyone that's in, interested in, in, the, in the playmaker. And I know that there's, it's a question always that people ask, uh, that they have players with talent here, but they don't really see uh, an opportunity for their kids there, so they want to try out their, uh, uh, their luck in Europe, but they don't always have the right guidance. And it looks like Playmaker 10 uh, is the, the type of company that could do that. Yeah, we're, 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 we've, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We have, we're working with this, uh, with this, uh, with these, uh, this company called uh, SST Football, uh, specialized soccer training in uh, Barcelos in, in Portugal. And they have a lot of influence. I mean, we even, I mean, Playmaker 10, we've, we've even put a, a coach in a third division team in the Campeonato Portugal through these guys. Um, wow. And, uh, and um, we've had around 10 athletes who have gone at all different levels. I consider CJ to be one of them because he's the original one that we worked with, right, that I worked with um, at that t- top tier level, uh, Verzine and everything. So if anybody, you know, thinks that they have a kid that, that wants to be guided, um, all you got to do is contact me. You can either go on um, Instagram, Playmaker10Football, football in, in English, F O O T. Uh, B-A-L-L. Um, also on Facebook, um, Playmaker 10 Football. And also, we, we, uh, you can go on our, on our site, which is uh, Playmaker10.com. And what we'll do is, uh, and it doesn't really matter what level your kid is in, we will be able to give him an opportunity to work on it, to work on, on, on feeling what it is to be a professional. And uh, we have this great company out there, man, doing some great business with us. And um, like I said, we have the proof of concept. If you want, Alfredo, I, I can I can send you the the PowerPoint presentation, the PDF that that uh, we that we've put together that we've been talking to coaches and teams and players and parents with. And and like I said, we we've done it's it's. I sound like Donald Trump, you know, we've done a great job. We really have done a, a, a pretty good job with, with it. And even to the point of bringing the kids back home, um, you know, during the, 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 the coronavirus thing at the end, I, I'm, I'm very proud of, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Um, at, at first I was hesitant about, you know, doing this project because it, it, it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of, um, 
time on WhatsApp. It's a lot of time contacting people. And but everyone needs people in their lives. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And one of the things that CJ has had, because uh, talent is not enough. I'm telling you, talent is not enough. There's plenty of players with no talent, and you guys know this because you cover football with with not no talent, but with average talent. That for some reason you're like, how the heck is that guy on Real Madrid? How did he gets sold for that much money. It's because they have someone that's driving them. Um, and if you need help from, from ground zero all the way up to, uh, you know, sitting down with Carlos Gonçalves, or if you have that type of talent that, that you're tier one for Sporting, Benfica, Porto, Braga, and so on, Guimarães, uh, Real Madrid, whatever, um, you know, you can contact Chris here, you can contact me, um, and we'll put you in the right path. Um, and that's it. And we'll guide you through that path and we'll and we'll and we'll we'll put you in a place where um you can trust the people from agents down to coaches and scouts and so on and so forth. So the network is that huge. Um and 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 it's and it's it's worked out for a lot of people. So um yeah. That, that's great right. stuff. You also have a, a podcast, is that right? They can, people can find the uh, podcast on Anchor, right? Yeah, that's off and on. I, I, I can't st- I'm not as consistent as you guys, man. You well, guys are, what is this, 360 what? Three? 366. Well, but, but Carlos, Corona happened. <laughs> if everybody's using that excuse, why can't you? Yeah. Man? I was gonna, I was gonna sign for Benfica, but Corona, Corona happened. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, certainly, uh, it, it was great pleasure in, in talking to you, and, and thank you for for making the time to uh, speak to us uh, and so eloquently. I hope I, I, hope I was okay. I, I, yeah, I no, you were fine. Thank you so much for for speaking uh, about you know your experience with with CJ and and certainly uh, playmaker. Uh, is is a great service and and like I said, there's a lot of kids out there and a lot of parents that are looking for the next level for their kid and they don't really know where to go. And certainly Playmaker Ten, I think he fills that void. Um, so thanks again uh, for coming and Thank telling us more. about uh, CJ and and your experiences, but also about uh, Playmaker Ten also. Cristiano, people can follow you at Ten Co Ten. Any parting thoughts? What what is your prediction for this uh, Thursday's game? Uh, I haven't given it much thought, man. I just know that I'm going to be excited as hell to watch Benfica once again. Uh, we need um, our our sports back. We need our, our beloved teams back in our lives. Just to distract us, I said, like we, like we do here with the podcast, just to distract us from the ugly reality of the world that's out there today, um, from the injustice to the damn coronavirus that spoiled everything. You know, just so much negativity out there and maybe for a couple of hours here we get to just clear our minds and and dig deep and start you know getting back into our sporting world and watching our Benfica and hopefully Benfica will do what they have to do and and I'm gonna be here next Tuesday ripping them for their performance uh, against Dondella. <laughs> right Alfred, yeah Alfred, before you go today I have a question for you yeah O som do tom dela. O tom dela. There it is. It's a corny joke, but Alfredo and I always have to say it on air, off the air. We <laughs> Dave, you uh, want to risk a prediction? I'm going to say 5 nothing, and then if they don't this... if they don't uh, win 5 nothing, we'll blame it on Corona. <laughs> Carlos, I guess uh, you're allowed a prediction also. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, three nothing. There you go. Three, um, three hat trick by Tarabat and Cristiano uh, <laughs> will be all over it. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week's uh, Befica podcast. Uh, you can find uh, Cristiano, as I mentioned, 10 co 10 at Befica podcast. Carlos, you want people to follow you on uh, Twitter or are you there these days a lot? Do you want to give people your Twitter handle? Uh, I, I guess uh, well, I don't even know what it is. Um, at Kalu. Yeah, at Kalu something. <laughs> Kalu. Um, here it is. Uh, yeah, at Kalu underscore uh, 1626. Uh, but if you guys really are interested in the Playmaker 10 thing, um, Playmaker 10 football on um, Instagram, or you guys can go on CJ's um, handle and you guys can find it. Excellent. Well, that's all we got. Uh, it was quite a, a long episode, but uh, interesting stuff. That's all we got for this week. Um, next week, we'll be back on Tuesday. And uh, we will uh, – there you go. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll have this uh, Tondela to break down. Uh, and also, we look ahead to uh, Befica's uh, next game. Uh, so, thanks a lot for uh, checking us out. We'll talk to you again next week. Later, everyone. <laughs>